Welcome to Alive, a Vineyard College ministry with the purpose to awaken students to their true relationship, identity, and destiny in Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. We hope you enjoy this message today. And if you want to connect with us, you can follow us on Facebook at Alive Vineyard College Family or Instagram at Alive Vineyard College. We have a great round of, of, of lineup of people who are going to speak to us tonight. And uh, in Revelation, in Revelation, there's a scripture that, uh, that reads that we will defeat the enemy by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of our testimony, and to love not our life even unto death. That's the way we defeat the enemy. And, and, and what we're going to do tonight is we're going to step into the message. It's going to be a little different. We're going to actually highlight testimonies. And I believe that in the testimony, there's power. In the testimony, there's power. When you hear of how Jesus has set people free, there's power in that. And tonight, what I want you to do is I want you to listen to the words that are spoken tonight by the individuals that are going to be coming up here to share their testimony. I want you to listen to the words that are spoken, and I want you to receive what it is all that God has for you to receive tonight. Because again, a testimony is power, and that power is accessible to be applied to our lives tonight. So I believe that through these stories, there's going to be even more people set free based on the power of the testimony. And so the first person to come up to share his testimony is a person that most of you guys all know, most of you guys all love. I've never heard his testimony spoken publicly. I'm looking forward to hearing it. So let's give it up for none other than Austin Lubko, a.k.a. Big A. Come on up here, bro. I don't know if you need this. Okay, well, he's going to take the mic. He's going to share his testimony. I'll give it up for him one more time. I promise I'm not setting up for a message, man. <laughs> We're going to rip this thing off like a Band-Aid. Um, speaking of Band-Aids, I had to go get my tetanus shot today, you know, and I don't know when they stopped giving those little SpongeBob band-aids out, but some things in life you don't just miss till they're gone, man. I tell you, I tell you what. <laughs> but uh, I'm just gonna pray again real quick. Um, yeah, Father God, I just I just thank you for this opportunity to just declare your truth, God, to let your glory and your power be made evident through my story, God. And Father, I just pray that you would give me the words to say, God, that you would make me your mouthpiece, God, that anything that is not of you would fall on deaf ears, God. And that your truth would convict and liberate the hearts of these people here, God. God, whatever they need, I just pray that, that you would just give to each and every one what they need right now. Amen. So, uh, yeah. Um, testimonies are always kind of an interesting thing for me. So I never really had one of those radical, like, man, God pulled me out of this and I was converted like that. Like, I was born in the church, um... But one thing that has kind of been a thorn in my life over and over and over again and time and time again is finding my identity and finding 
my foundation in my works. And I know, I know any of us who grew up in this church, you know, we have that, that visual image where, where we're over here and God's over here and there's this massive gap in between and the cross is supposed to be that bridge where we walk across and we can have fellowship and communion with Jesus. And like, I can see it, but for so long, like, it didn't click. And for so long, I lived backwards where I felt I was justified, not by my faith, but by my works. And like, if we're gonna be a people who's going after like the gifts, a body that is unified and rooted deep in Christ, like we have to get this thing right. And like so many times I messed it up, so many times. Um, So I'm a three on the Enneagram. Some people are probably like, yeah, let's go. And other people are probably like, oh, that's of the devil. I don't know where I stand. I just know it kind of helps me be more a little self-aware about myself. So I'm a hardcore three. So anything I try to do, I try to achieve. That's what they call it. Three's an achiever. So basically what that means in God's terms is I'm prideful. (laughs) Is that I think that my works and my abilities and my strengths got me here. And like I I grew up in this building. There used to be basketball hoops like on either side and a a carpet. And like I got mad carpet burns playing in here, but that's besides the point. (laughs) Um, I always thought like I was in good standing with God because I was a good kid. Like I always thought I deserved to be in God's favor. And it didn't take me any less than 18 or 19 years to realize if I got what I deserved, I would receive hell. The Bible says all have fallen short of the glory of God. And so no matter what any of us have done, we all missed it. And I know myself, I felt like I missed it more than others at times. Um, man, even serving this house, one of the big things God had the grace and mercy to pull me out of, uh, most of the time I'm back there in the booth with Ryan and my guys and the tech team and everyone's doing that. I've been serving on that post in this ministry for four years, and man, even when I came to this ministry, like, I was missing it, man. My works, my actions told me I should be closer to God than I ever should, ever was, and yet I felt farther than I ever have been. So much to the point where, at one point in time, I was literally serving back there on Wednesdays, and Friday nights, I was going out with my roommates, getting blackout drunk. And like, I'm not, I'm not glorifying that lifestyle. I'm not embellishing anything. Like, I have the scars to prove it. I got places on my arm where I've ashed out cigarettes on my body. Because I was doing all these things for God, but yet had no sense of identity, no sense of root in knowing that it was his work, it was his blood, it was his stripes that made me whole and healed me. And man, I just, I just want to say like, we got to take that stuff captive. I know there are people in here hurting. Maybe not to that extent, but I know there are people in here hurting because they don't feel justified by their actions. And I'm not saying that God doesn't care what you did. I hear it all the time. That's not necessarily true. Like God's a God of grace and mercy, but when we're far from him, it pains him. He just wants to be close to his kids, man. And when that thing is in between us, he can't pour out his love on us. And so, like, man, I'm just going to give 
another example real quick of what I'm talking about. Like, what's your name, man? Dawson? I don't know if I've ever done this with a mic, so this is fun. Uh, Dawson, you just highlighted me in worship, and God just, he sees you as a man of valor, bro. And more than that, like, he sees you as a man with integrity and brotherhood. And Proverbs 17, 17 says, you know, a friend loves at all times, but a brother's there for a time of adversity. And I just saw this picture. I'm not a huge war movie guy, but, like, I got a picture of, like, active valor. And it's like, man, that guy's a guy, he's a, he's a man of valor. And, like, you're not someone who's going to sit there and tap your toe in the water. Like, you're going to dive in head first. You're going to put people on your back if you have to and drag them with you if that's what it takes, man. But I just say, keep doing you, keep going. And, like, when I was growing up, when that stuff would happen, and this doesn't take away what I said, like, I mean it wholeheartedly. When that stuff would happen when I was growing up in this building, I would look at people, I would look at the people on the floor crying in worship, and I'd be like, man, God, I don't experience you that way. Like, what's wrong? Is it me? Like, do you not love me enough? Am I not doing something right? But it's not by our works. It's by his grace, his mercy. And so, like, there's some people in this room who probably want a word, and maybe someone will give you, but it's not going to be me because that's all I got. If you want a word, like, pick this thing up. Pick this thing up. If you want to hear a word about your identity, about your destiny, pick this thing up, get in the word. Man, pick up your sword. Like, there's so many times where I felt disqualified by my actions. And I'm not done learning. But it's not my actions that qualify me. And I was, I was reading just kind of before... And I was, I was in Galatians a lot recently. I just want to read something out of it. Where Paul is, he's correcting. <laughs> That's part of, the, part of the hard part when you're speaking to an audience is sometimes you're encouraging people and they should be kicked. And sometimes you're kicking people and they should be encouraged. So whichever boat you fit into, <laughs> receive whatever that is. And Paul writes, you foolish Galatians. Who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by observing the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish after beginning with the Spirit? Are you now trying to attain your goal by human effort? Time and time again, I've tried to justify myself by my actions. Time and time again, I've tried to prove that I have a place at God's table because of my gifts. Man, I wish I could play piano like Ben. But if I really did, I probably would have practiced for all those years. <laughs> like, we are gifted. We are blessed to be a blessing. And so if we're going to link arms and take back ground in our families, in our homes, on our campus, we can't be looking at each other jealous. We can't be looking at ourselves, man, I'm, I'm not good enough. I'm not qualified enough. I'm not justified because I'm not up there singing because I didn't get a word because Clay's, Clay's talking to me every week. Like, it's God's work. And any time we look at ourselves in the mirror and think our actions either qualify us, man, that's a dangerous place. <laughs> I have lived there so many times, and more often than not, I felt like my actions have disqualified me. But we gotta get better at taking that captive, man. Every lie needs held captive. 
And so, like, if, if that's you, if you've been living in a life where you know, like, hey, I need to repent, or like, hey, I need to give more glory to God, or like, this isn't about me, this isn't about my impurities, this isn't about my perfections, this isn't about my gifts. Like, find someone, I'm sure there's going to be some ministry time later, find someone to talk to him. So our identity is not our actions, but we're children of God. And as children of light, one of the things that I take so much joy in is exposing that darkness. Not just with me and God, but with each and every one of you. And so I know, like, it can be hard, it can be scary, but I promise you, anyone who's here to pray for you or willing to pray for you, they're trying to pray with confidentiality, no condemnation, and complete grace. Secret sin is a dangerous thing, and it almost took me out. I was doing the same thing I'm doing now, but my weekends looked a whole lot different. A whole lot different. If you want to step into greater intimacy with God, man, lay it down. Pick up his word and put on your crowns. Not by your work, but by his. Wow, wow, come on. Fresh manna. Fresh word. Pick up your sword, put on your crowns, and follow him. That's really good. I love it. I love it. Uh, that, that's, that's a good word for ministry tonight as well, too. I believe that there's, uh, again, we are children of the light, rulers of the day loving to shine light. If there's anything that you're battling with in the dark, I believe that there's an opportunity, an invitation really to repent, to, to confess your sins one to another, to just, you know, bring that out to the light. And when you do, I guarantee it'll be the best thing you did because you'll feel so much lighter, so much better. You don't have to bear all that. That's good, so good. The second testimony that we have tonight is... Um, from a young lady who's one of our student leaders and uh, she's been a student leader for the first year. This is her first year stepping into student leadership at Alive. And uh, when I first met her, one of the things that was I was drawn to her is just how um, professional she was and how professional she carries herself and how, you know, wow, like, okay, this girl's professional. But one of the things that I really noticed about her is how God's been calling her to leadership for so long. And she's just now answering that call, not in a bad sense, but in a good sense. She's just now answering that call. And for most of you out there, God's been calling you for, to leadership. He's been calling you into leadership, but you've been kind of like scared because you don't know if you had the goods. You don't know if you can deliver. You don't know if you're this enough, that enough. But Kennedy is now doing leadership and she's moving into uh, uh, time in her life where she's just soaring. So where's she at? Where's Kennedy at? Come on up here, girl. Why are you hiding out there? Come on. We're going we're gonna to have Kennedy share her story real quick, and here you go. Hi, everyone. Uh, so my name is Kennedy. I'm going to move around, uh, so just bear with me. 
So in 2016, uh, I came to the U of I. My freshman year, I was so excited. Why? Partying, no parents. Like, I could do whatever I wanted to do. But also, I was just really interested in finding a group of women, a group of people that I could be comfortable with, that I can uh, do this college experience with. So I remember, like, my freshman year was really challenging. Um, because I was like, okay, God, like, how should I act so that they can like me? Or what should I say so that I can get them to be my friend? And so I remember one evening, like, I was crying out to God because this was, like, in the middle of my freshman year. I was like, Lord, like, where, where are my friends? Like, I see everyone uh, forming friendships, having bonds with one another, and then it's just me. So transitioning um, my sophomore year, I was invited to the Vineyard by Dale Mueller. So shout out to you, Dale. Um, she brought me to Alive. And so the first time I came, I was like, what is this? Like, I, was, I just was not used to it. There was people with their shoes off, laying on the floor. I'm like, yeah, no. So I didn't come, <laughs> I didn't come back. For a little while but I just felt the Lord like just tugging on my heart like just just try again like give it another try so I came back I started getting more involved um wasn't really talking to anyone but you know uh, making sure that I'm taking notes during the sermons making sure that like I'm paying attention so during that transition comes my junior year I'm still asking God where like where are my friends however something had changed. See, in that transition, and what I've learned is that when you're transitioning from seasons, it matters. It matters how you transition. So my junior year, I just started praying new things. Instead of, Lord, where are my friends? I started praying, Lord, send me friends that adore you. Send me friends that love you. Send me friends that are gonna call, that are gonna call, you high, call me higher. So I remember <clears throat> two months after, uh, I joined Joshua Group. So for anyone that doesn't know, Joshua Group is um, like a group of us who are interested in either leadership in a life or just wanting to like grow deeper with the Father. So um, I actually wasn't supposed to be in Joshua Group. Well, let me not say that, but I was two weeks behind. And I remember Ryan, our former pastor, he was like, yeah, like I usually don't add people in but I just felt like the Father was gonna change something in you. So I'm like, okay, like, you, you know. So <laughs> I, I joined Joshua Group and it changed my life. Remember when I was saying, Lord, send me friends that love you. Two years later, while in Joshua Group, the Lord answered my prayers. And then what's so amazing about it is that the one, and two, one or two friends that I was asking the Father to send me, he doubled it. So now I have 20 plus friends that love the Father, that pick me up when I'm down, that just want to pray for me. And not only did I gain friends and the friendships that I yearned for, but also I found my identity. So the Father wasn't done with me yet. He's such a giving Father. So he was like, okay, let me answer your prayer. I'll send you 20 friends. Let me multiply that. But now I want you to know your identity. So then he started to show me my identity. I was always so caught up in, what does everyone think about Kennedy? 
what can I do to get everyone to like me? And throughout those months, I realized I don't have to do anything. I have a title that cannot be taken away from me, that I am the daughter of the greatest father, and no one or nothing that anyone can say can take that away from me. So I got my friends, whoo, I got my identity. And then the father started to, to just tell me and like break off, well not tell me, but break off those lies that I was feeling, that I wasn't seen or no one heard me or you know, like I was an outcast. Those lies started to break off. So I was able to walk in what the father was calling me to do. So during this time with the father, he just started speaking to me. He was like, you know, Kennedy, I had to protect you. And I was like, okay, like, what are you protecting me from? And he was like, see, back then, the friends that you wanted, you couldn't walk like them. And the friends that you wanted, you couldn't dress like them. And the friends that you wanted to be around, your thoughts, I couldn't allow you to think like that because I called you higher and I had greater plans for you. And I'm just like, wow, you're... <laughs> Like, all this for me, and it's, it's really like the Father is so good to us. He wants to give us everything that we deserve. So, in closing, it's recently just happened. Sunday, I, was, I got word that I was going to be sharing my testimony Saturday. And when Clay told me, I was like, <laughs> how? Like, I, you know, I don't really talk in front of people. Like, you know, I'm... I'm really like off to the side with things. And then Sunday came and it was at the end of our leaders meeting. And so we were praying and I was just standing there and I was talking to the father and I just got this image. And while I was standing there, it's like the, the band-aids, like the band-aids uh, that you wrap around like a sprained ankle, they just started to unravel. They just started to unravel off of my hands. They started to unravel off of my feet. And I'm like, you know, like, what does this mean? What does this mean? And then after I got this image, I started just feeling air. So I, I opened my eyes and I looked around like, uh, where is this air coming from? Uh, I even looked up to see if I was under an air uh, vent. And so I actually moved over because I'm like, there's like, why am I feeling like this? So now I close my eyes again and I just stand there and I just hear the Father saying, I'm just blowing off the lies. I'm blowing off that bondage. I'm blowing off everything that kept you stagnant, Kennedy. And it was just like, God, like you, you know, you see me, you hear my cries, you know what I've been struggling with. I just want to challenge you all that if you're in a season right now or you're going through something where you feel like the Lord doesn't hear you or your, your prayer isn't being answered, I would say first, trust him to know that in that season when it hurts, that he has greater plans for what you ever had in store for yourself. As well as ask, okay, maybe you're protecting me, Father. Maybe I can't understand or grasp what you have for me right now. So let me just step back and 
put you in control. So my question to you today is, what is God trying to dust off of you? What is he trying to blow off of you that's been holding you back from reaching and going higher? Thank you. OMG, what? And she says she's not a public speaker. <laughs> you bought the fire. Wow. Okay. Uh, that'll preach for days. Um, and I pray that you guys, some, someone, someone receives something from that story. Um, that's a powerful story of identity. A power of powerful story of destiny. See, God wants to not only form a relationship with you, he doesn't want to only just get to know you and you get to know him. He wants you to get to know him so that you can grow in your identity in him. And when you grow in a secure, robust identity in him, you can start moving forward to your destiny even more. So I believe that there's people here who are called to, like Kennedy's vision, the bandages wrapping off and that wind blowing, that lies and that bondage and all that being blown from their bodies, from their minds. So you can step into a new reality, a new creation mindset. That's so good, Kennedy. Give it up for her one more time, y'all. That's so, so good. Now, we have, one more, we have one more person to give a testimony. Last but certainly not least, uh, this guy, um, man, when I, I, I first met him last year, and, um, uh, and, and, you know, it seemed like I was really curious about him, you know, in terms of, like, all the, uh, you know, what, what, kind of, what kind of bandwidth he has in terms of the leadership, because I've seen a lot of leadership on this young man's life. But when I met him going into this season as a college pastor, I thought, man, this guy is packing heat. But this last semester, before the second semester, he reached out and said, hey, I want to step into more the more God has for me. So I want y'all to challenge me and call me up. And I'm like, you know it. <laughs> you know it. And so this guy here, Joey Gibbs, come on up here. He's going to give his message. Um, so looking forward to hearing this man's story. So Joey, here you go, bro. Mic. Yeah, so... Um... I was the, I'm the youngest of six, and we have three boys and three girls, and the boys and the family, we did motocross, we did dirt bikes, and um, it was just kind of, it eventually became me and my dad's thing. We would travel around Florida, and we would race and just have a time, and eventually, it became my idol. That was my idol. And then one day, I'm a, you know, I started riding when I was five years old, and then Six years later, I'm 11 years old, and on September 18, 2008, my idol let me down. I, uh, I hit a jump, and the way I landed on the jump, I basically landed like how I'm sitting. And my spine, the weakest part of the spine just snapped. And my spine was severed, leaving me with a spinal cord injury. And as I was on the ground, 
I knew right off the bat I broke my back. And, and even though I couldn't get up and I didn't think the wreck was that bad, I felt God still there. And my dad came to me, he, he grabbed my leg and he squeezed it as hard as he could, hoping to get a reaction out of me. And when he knew he didn't get a reaction out of me, he knew something was horribly wrong. So we get to the hospital, I get air back to the hospital, and he comes to me right before I go in for surgery, and he comes to me, and he's crying, and he's on, near my bedside, as they're rolling me into the, sur- the surgery room, and he said, I'm so sorry, with so much condemnation and shame. He was ashamed that it was his fault. And I looked at him, and I said, Dad, this is not your fault. And I feel like some of us in here, we go to God and we, and we go with him with condemnation and shame and be like, I'm so sorry, God, that his grace isn't good enough. And he's saying, son, daughter, I love you. And so after a month of rehab, I, uh, you know, I'm back home. You know, actually, I want to go back in rehab, during this rehab time. I want to be vulnerable with you guys. I want to be real. I want to open up. And during rehab, I remember this one thing that will always stick with me no matter what. And they, they throw me on bed. They throw me on a bed. They throw me a pair of shorts. And they say, put them on. Something that used to take five seconds for me to do took me 30 minutes. My mom had to walk away because she was crying. I was hitting the bed out of frustration. The therapist had to turn around to wipe her tears. But at that time, God was still there. And then we, we go home. I finally could put pants on in 20 minutes. And so we go home and I'm transferring into the shower bench, and I fell. It's about a month after I get home. You know, it's, it's, I got her in September. I'm home in November. And I fall on the ground. And that was such a defining moment with my walk with God. Because I was on the ground, and I said, God, why me? What did I do? What did I do to deserve this? And he simply said, the path I have for you does not require your legs. And when he said that, his peace came over me. And instantly, it stopped. My, my pouting, my poor me attitude stopped. You know, in this journey, you know, when, when, yeah, Clay texted me Saturday and he, and he said, hey, can you do your testimony? And I said, sure, didn't hesitate. And then I was talking to God. I said, God, what do I even say? He says, Joey, me and you have been talking about this for years. He said, we've been talking about this for years. And, you know, You guys may be thinking, you know, there's power in testimonies. 
And you guys, you guys may be thinking, oh, I'm not, I, I, I'm not crippled in a chair. My testimony may not be good as yours, but maybe you're crippled in somewhere else. Maybe you're crippled in shame. You're crippled in fear. You're crippled in condemnation. What is your disability that is holding you back from where God wants you to be? You know, sometimes, sometimes I'm at church, and if the seats, you know, if my spot in the front is, is, uh, is taken, I have to sit in the middle of the aisle. And sometimes Satan's speaking to me, saying, you're standing out. You don't belong there. Saying, you don't fit in. And I think so many of us are thinking in our mentality that we don't fit in and we stand out, but we mean it in a negative way. Where God is saying, I made you to stand out. I made you to, to stand out so any, everybody can see you. And then when God tells me that, my fear of standing out in a negative way disappears. And then I'm back in freedom. What is holding you back? We've heard testimonies where, where Austin and Kennedy, they can hit. I, there's, I think with all three of our testimonies, some, everybody is getting hit in the area where they feel it. And you guys just have to ask yourself, Lord, show me what you want me to see. Show me what the way you see me. It's easy being in a chair and losing my confidence. Just want to stay in the house, not wanting to do anything. I remember when I first got hurt, people would stare at me. It drew me insane. And it's just like, just ask me. Ask me what happened to me. And you know, it's, and, and as you, but the way I look at it, as you guys are doing what God tells you to do, people are going to look at you. And you have two choices. You can either be discouraged by it, or you can take full advantage of it. It doesn't matter. You know, I've, I've had prophetic words, and I believe it to the bottom of my heart that, that people say, Joe, you're going to walk. Joe, Jesus is going to heal you. But I'm going to tell you guys something, and I'm going to end on this note. I'm going to be speaking Jesus whether I'm walking or whether I'm sitting. So don't let y'all's circumstances define who you are. Don't let it define you. You know, Satan might have won that battle that day, but he's not going to win that war. So I just want to challenge you guys. Live to your fullest potential no matter what's around you. You know, I watched you during worship, and I... I Dude, Austin was dead on. Seriously. I was like, man, there's something about him. Austin just beat me to it. 
gosh, why'd you do that, man? Seriously. Seriously. And the thing is, guys, you guys all have a calling on your life. You know, when we compare and we try to tear down one person from the other, that's when it all goes bad, but we need to elevate one another. Is it okay if I pray? So we're going to go into a time of worship, and, you know, we're going to have leaders to the side, and we're, going to, we're just going to get back into the flow of the Spirit. I want you guys just to listen to your heart. Listen to the testimonies that have been spoken over here, and know that your testimonies are being written right now. They're never going to stop being written. That is your victory. We were all sentenced to hell, but because of Jesus and because of the choice you made, we have eternal life. Will you guys pray with me? Jesus, thank you for just coming into this building. That when the door opens once we leave, that you just continue to flow out. An overflow of your spirit, Lord. Lord, I just ask that you come to each and every person in here and you speak to them what they need to hear, that they open up their their heart and they clear their mind, that you can speak to them and they can just hear you, that no matter what they're going through, that you are right there, that they don't have to prove anything to anybody they can be who you called them to be, that there's a family in here, that they are never alone. Alive is a family. We are alive at such a time as this. So we ask that you bring your Holy Spirit and you give us the power that you have designed for us to have. Lord, that you gave us authority to speak over this world. We thank you for what you're doing tonight and what you're going to be doing through the rest of the semester. That this is just a seed for them to keep growing. Lord, we thank you for your presence and for this opportunity tonight. In your precious name, amen. Wow. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. And we pray that this has helped stir and awaken you to live alive to God like never before. If you want to connect with us, let's go. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Alive Vineyard College.